Oh, you know about glowing, don't you? You know what we mean by that? Moses, remember, came off the mountain glowing with the glory of God. Remember that? Glowing, it's not foreign to us. We know this word. It's, you know, we can see it in the lightning bug. We can see it in the fun things and blessings of light. And Peter addresses it, I'm convinced, here in chapter 4. In a technical sense, last night, we skipped some of the doctrine and closed out with verse 7 when we were talking about sowing prayer. And in verse 7, he said, but the end of all things is at hand, chapter 4, be ye therefore sober and watch unto prayer. But notice he changes gears in verse 8 and says, and I'm chapter 4, verse 8, and above all things have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. How, how do you thrive in a messed up world like this? Here's how you do it. You glow with love. You glow with the love of God. You glow with fervent charity. Can you all see that tonight? And he says in the next verse, use hospitality one to another without grudging. How do you, how do you thrive in a world like ours? Well, verse 9 says, you glow with hospitality. Verse 10 says, as every man hath received the gift. How many of y'all are saved tonight? Are you on your way to heaven? Remember when you received the gift of salvation? How many of y'all remember that? Remember when you got saved? And how many of y'all know that when you get saved and the Spirit of God takes up residence in your life, He gives you spiritual gifts? How many of y'all aware of that? And He leads us to His Word. There's some things we all ought to do and other things that are unique to us individually, gifted by God to do them. So He says, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. He describes a little bit in verse 11 and says, if any man speak, look at that. If any man speak, let him speak as of the oracles of God. If any man minister, let him do it as of the ability which God giveth, that God in all things may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom be praise and dominion forever and ever. Amen. You see those two verses, verse 10 and 11? Well, verse 8 says, here's how you thrive. You got to glow with love, fervent charity. Verse 9 says, you got to glow with hospitality. Verse 10 and 11 says, you glow with ministry. You glow with ministry. Why, did you know that if you're saved, God wants you serving? Did you know that? Did you know if you're saved, God wants you ministering? You have a ministry, my dear brother. You have a ministry, my dear sister. You have a ministry in the church. You're to serve. Everybody has a ministry. Yours isn't mine and mine's not yours. I have gifts you don't have. You have gifts. All of us are saved. We got that gift. Praise God for that gift. Thank God for the gift of salvation. But you have gifts I don't have, and I have gifts you don't have, and all of us have to serve the Lord together. We ought to glow with ministry. When you get to verse 12, when you get to verse 12, notice what he says here. Beloved, think it not strange, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which is to try you. As though some strange thing happened to you. How many of y'all know that you're going to have fiery trials in your life? Y'all know that? When you have fiery trials in your life, here's what you think. Think like this thing. Well, this is normal. Well, this is normal. Don't think it's strange. I can't believe this has happened. No, he said, don't think it's strange. Think, well, this is normal. And I say, well, I guess I'm part of the crowd. That's how you think. Don't think it's strange. And he says in verse 13, but instead do what? Rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with what? You ought to glow with joy. God's people ought to glow with joy. And he, he kind of expounds on that in verse 14 when he says, if ye be reproached for the name of Christ, don't you like these three words? Happy are ye. Are you all, all aware of this? It's okay to be a happy Christian. Did you all know that? You all okay with that? 
It's okay to be a happy Christian. Life is hard, isn't it? A lot of valleys to walk through, aren't there? A lot of challenges coming our way. Y'all with me on that? But God, God's okay with you being a happy Christian. In other words, he wants you to glow. As we think about this revival week coming to an end tonight, don't, don't all of us, don't you think all of us ought to be growing? Haven't we learned that way? God, to grow so we can thrive. And we ought to be sowing spiritually so we can reap a bountiful harvest. We got to thrive. And we close it out tonight by saying, my goodness, we ought to be glowing, 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 glowing for the cause of Christ. How many of y'all agree that we ought to glow with love? Shouldn't we? Shouldn't we be full of the love of God? What's the greatest command in the Bible? Well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, your mind, and your strength. What's the second greatest command in the Bible? Love your neighbor as yourself. This is an important word, isn't it? We're to love. We're to love. And he says right here, notice, above all things, above everything else, what he says is, have fervent charity. Don't you like that word? Fervent charity. You got to feel that word. How many of y'all are Baptists, are you? How many Baptists we have in the room? If you're a Baptist, wave at me. How many of y'all know that Baptists don't feel much? Y'all know that? We don't do that. We're, we're, we're doctrine-oriented. But sometimes you need to feel things, don't you? Sometimes you just need to feel it. And this is a word you ought to feel. He doesn't just say, love each other, have, have charity. No, he said, have fervent charity. You ever, you, ever, you, ever, you ever thought about that? It's not enough just to say, okay, I love you. No, 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 no. He says, you ought to glow with it. You ought to glow with the love of God, and you ought to glow with love towards other people. You ought to be full of the love of God. What is the fullness of the Spirit? The Bible says, the fruit of the Spirit is love and joy and peace. What's he telling us here? Well, all of us ought to be glowing with love. How many of y'all agree that we ought to love the Lord our God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength? Y'all agree with that? So how y'all doing? Do you love the Lord up one side and down the other? I mean, do you really love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, with all your strength? Do you love the Lord? That's where it all starts. Do you love your neighbors as yourself? Do you love other people? I mean, really care about them and, and just really love people and, and, and try to serve them. Do you, really, do you really love your neighbor as yourself? And do you love each other here in the church? How many of y'all agree? We ought to love each other. We're a family. How many of y'all agree with that? We ought to love each other. We ought to get along. I was reading in 1 Corinthians 13. You read that lately? About charity. That's the word love. And I think our authorized version, when the King James uses the word charity for the word love, I, I can't totally prove this, but it seems to me that the reason they translated the word love sometimes with the word charity is because when they use the word charity, it is referring to love in action. It's the verb idea of the love. It's what love looks like when it's in action, when it's, when it's being activated and lived out in our life. So this is not just, all right, I love you. No, I've got to show it. Got to demonstrate it. Got to illustrate it. How many of y'all agree that when you're married and you, you, you're in love, you have to show it to each other? It's not a, okay, woman, I love you. No, I, I, I love you. Y'all got to, if I change my mind, I'll let you know. How many of y'all know it doesn't work that way? No, if you're in love, what do you do? What do you do? Why'd she agree to marry you? Why did she agree to marry you? Because you loved her. So you showed it. You said things like this. You said, you're the most beautiful thing I've ever laid eyes on. She believed you. And you said things like, let me get that door. I got that door for you. And you brought her flowers. Sometimes you bought them. Sometimes you stopped by the road and picked them up. Sometimes you dropped by the cemetery and brought them home. <laughs> I hope not. But see, you showed her, didn't you? That, that's charity. Charity is an action. We're to love each other. First, uh, First Corinthians 13 says this about love when it's in action. And I just, I've meditated on this so much in recent months and even years. The Bible says that, that charity thinketh no evil. 
how many of y'all, how many of y'all, sometimes people just rub you the wrong way. Are y'all with me on that or not? Has that ever happened in your life? I, just, I can't believe, it just, I just, when I get around them, they just drive me nuts. You, you know, I mean, you know somebody like that, do you? And that can happen, can it? But when I love people, I don't think any evil. I don't think evil. Sometimes in the church, I know why she did that. I know why, she, I know why, I know why he did that. I know what's going on there. We judge motives. We get offended. We can be uptight. Stop it. We need to thrive. Go with love. Show it to folks. Let them know you love them. Demonstrate it. We think no evil. We give each other the benefit of any doubt. We forbear one another in love. We speak truth in love. We show fervent love to each other. We love when, when everything is wrong. We even love people who need to be saved, don't we, church? we got to show that. Be a soul-winning church and, and let it show up in your fervent love for the souls of men. Love those who need to be saved and love them up one side and down the other. This is a messed up world, isn't it? And the more the world gets messed up, the more baggage people bring into Christ when they come to get saved. I mean, y'all, y'all notice that or is that just me? Man, there's a lot of baggage in there. Well, how do we handle that? Well, they don't know how to dress and they, boy, they don't know what we know. And they, sit in my, they sat in my seat. I've sat there for 45 years, and that new convert sat in my seat. We can't have this. Stop it. We're to love people, aren't we? Love them with fervent charity and care about each other and building. Aren't you glad Jesus loved the rich young ruler? Came to Jesus, and Jesus, the Bible says, Jesus beheld him. Beholding him, the Bible says, Jesus loved him. He loved him. You got a neighbor that's a pagan? Well, do you know God sent his son Jesus to die for their soul and left you here so you could love them? we got to glow with that. Glow with the love of God, church. He says it in the text right here. Above all things, above all things, above all things, have fervent charity among yourselves, for charity shall cover the multitude of sins. Jesus loved the woman at the well and saved her. Aren't you happy about that? He loved her. She had five husbands for crying out loud. She had five husbands and was living with one, wasn't even married to him. You know what you call that? Messed up. Y'all with me on that? That's messed up. But you know what? Didn't stop Jesus from loving her, talking to her. You would have never guessed it. You would have never thought that that woman sneaking out of town at the wrong time and coming down to the well to get water while nobody's there. You would have never thought she had been thinking about the Messiah, would you? You would have known that. You look, what a messed up woman. That woman's got five husbands living with that guy. You wouldn't have known what was in her heart, but Jesus knew she had been thinking about the Messiah. Who knew? You've probably heard me tell about this one young man I met in Missouri some years ago. He's tattooed up one side and down the other, and and uh, just walking down the street. And I, I thought, I, you know, I felt like the Lord wanted me to speak to him, so I stopped on the side of the road. There's nothing about that guy said he had any interest in God, nothing about him at all. I mean, you just look at that guy, you think that guy wouldn't be interested in God. Yondell, seriously, I, I wasn't trying to be mean. You just, you just wouldn't think that guy wouldn't know anything about God. And I pulled over and left the car running, and actually I got out and I, said, I had one foot in, one foot out, over the door of that car. And I said, hey, 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 bud. I said, you don't know me and I don't know you, but I just saw you walking down the road and I just felt like God himself told me to pull over here and talk to you about him. 
the guy goes, are you for real? I said, you better believe it, buddy. Because I wasn't kidding. I really felt that. I really felt like God told me to. I mean, it wasn't like God's, you know, an audible voice. Just my spirit sense God wants me to talk to that guy. Well, in the next 30 minutes or so on the side of the highway, he told me about his messed up family and his mom's drug addiction and the abuse he had had as a kid and, and his mom and dad's divorce and living in a drug house. And you talking about a sad, messed up, absolutely upside down story, that kid had one. And then he said to me the other night, I took a walk. He's 19 years old. Never been to church one time in his life. He said, the other night I took a walk, and there's a little old church over there, and he pointed to it. You could see it off in the distance. He said, the other night in the middle of the night, in the darkness of the evening, I stood in their parking lot, and for the first time in my life, I prayed. And I said, God, I don't even know if you exist or not. If you do, I don't even know if you care about us. Here's what he told me. He said the other night, I said, God, if you're real, would you send somebody to let me know? And here's what he said to me. He goes, you think you're the one? <laughs> I just, that's one of my favorite stories. You think you're the one? I said, good heavens, no, son. I know I'm the one. You know what? We're to be full of the love of God. Jesus loved that guy. He got saved, by the way. Came to our revival and brought his daddy, his drug-addicted, messed-up daddy, and his dad came down the aisle and got saved. Isn't that glorious? See, it's because we've got to love each other. That's how we, we don't have to have all the answers. We don't have to have everybody immediately look like us. In fact, we're kind of praying they won't. Some of us, are, are you all with me on that? Don't, don't you just love new converts? Sometimes they applaud when they should. Isn't that awesome? Can you believe they applauded? We ought to just love saying that wonderful. Are, are you with me tonight or not? You've got to glow with the love of God. And he says you've got to glow with hospitality. You want to thrive? Get all in for God and glow with the love of God in your life and glow with hospitality. It's not enough just to love each other, care for each other, and, 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 and eat with each other and meet each other's needs and, and serve each other. That's hospitality. We're such a busy world, aren't we? We don't have time to eat with each other. We don't have time to fellowship with each other. We don't have time to encourage each other like that. Aren't you glad that over and over in the Bible, your Savior Jesus ate with people as a way to talk to them about the Messiah? Aren't you glad for that? Aren't you glad that you can just use hospitality to win people to Jesus? Have somebody in your home and feed them a good meal. Some of your kids aren't saved and you're burdened about them and they're grown. Well, have them over for a meal. Use hospitality to connect to your child's heart. Tell them, tell, invite them over for a meal and tell them you want to talk to them about your will. Do you know they'll come? Tell them it's your will. They get saved. I'm being a little silly here, but why not? Use hospitality. Love on people. Have a cup of coffee with somebody. As a kid in Texas, I met in a revival. I was in this one church, and some of you know that Southern gospel singer, Joseph Habedank. They had him in to sing before I preached. He got up and he sang, and when he got done singing, they had me come and preach, a packed-out building. It wasn't a very big building, but it was full. There were people out in the hallway, and I preached that morning. We had several people say it was a great morning. The God just blessed the Word of God. And there was a young man up front raised his hand, and he, 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 didn't, he, didn't, he said he wasn't saved, and he wouldn't respond to the invitation. 
And when the service was over, I went down and just had a conversation with him. And he, I got questions. I, nah, I'm not ready for Jesus. I got a lot of questions that need to be answered. I, things, I, I don't know about all this. I said to him, I said, could I buy you a cup of coffee this week? Well, he said, I guess you could do that. He said, I'm free Tuesday. So I said, where do you want to meet Tuesday? We'll meet at 10 o'clock. He said, let's meet at Panera Bread. So we went to Panera Bread, 10 o'clock. We sat down, and boy, for two hours, he let me have it. He was a little aggressive. He's like, all right, what about this? What about that? Just let me have it. And then after about two hours, he said, all right, I'm ready. <laughs> I thought we were ready to go. Let's go. You ready to go? He's like, no, I'm ready to get saved. And he got saved. I said, just, just let me tell you. It's hospitality. See, I can't do much to win people to Jesus. I don't know how to talk to them. Well, can you make a cup of coffee? Can you bake a cupcake? Can you buy one? Can you, can you go to the store and get an apple pie and invite a neighbor over? Beth and I several years ago thought, what could we do to kind of have a greater inroad with all of our neighbors? So at least once a year, we started having a family, a, a neighborhood get-together at our house. And we just make coffee and hot chocolate and get some cold bottles of water and maybe some sweet tea because we're Southerners. The sweeter the better. If you can put it on your syrup, you know it's or on your pancake, you know it's really sweet tea. And and some lemonade. Have the neighbors come over. Bethel get some dessert. Well, we're we're not trying to be weird about it, but I'm telling you what's happened. Sitting down with our neighbors and having meals has opened doors for us to minister to them to serve them. They haven't all gotten saved, but while Richard did cross the street, he's passed away now. And the granddaughter did over there, and, and, and just, oh no, we got one neighbor down here got saved, and our neighbor's teenage son got saved. And, well, what an opportunity. Hospitality works. Am I making sense or not? Are y'all with me? Slow down and serve. Glow with love. Glow with hospitality. Glow with ministry. How many of you again are saved? Let me see you. And y'all in the balcony, y'all say, let me see you good night if you know Jesus, do you? All right, then you've got the gift. And if you're saved, you're filled with the Holy Spirit. You have the Holy Spirit living inside of you. Now, why did God save you and leave you here? How many of y'all know this? He could have saved you and just automatically on the spot transported you right to heaven to be with him. So why did he leave you here? But he left you here, number one, so you could glow with love and hospitality and try to win people to Jesus. But he also left you here so you could serve, minister. That's what he's called us to do. You ought to believe in ministry. You ought to, you ought to believe you can't. All of us have a ministry. Our salvation says we do. Our spiritual gifts say we do, and so does the Scripture. You have a ministry, church family. Romans chapter 12 says, in honor, you're to prefer one another. Romans 13 says, you're to owe no man anything but to love one another. Uh, Romans 14 says, we are to follow after the things which make for peace and things wherewith one may edify another. Romans 15 verse 7 says, we're to receive one another. The same chapter verse 14 says, we're to admonish one another. Galatians 5 says, we're to love uh, and, and serve one another. In Galatians 6, we're to bear one another's burdens. In Ephesians 4, we're to forbear one another in love. In Ephesians 4, we're to be kind one to another. In Colossians 3, we're to teach and admonish one another. In 1 Thessalonians 4, we're to edify one another. In Hebrews chapter 3, we're to exhort one another daily. In James chapter 5, we're to pray one for another. In 1 Peter chapter 1, we're to love one another with a pure heart fervently. In this verse, we're to use hospitality one to another. 
And in chapter 4 and verse 10, we're to minister the same one to another, referring to our spiritual gifts. You got a ministry, dear sister. You got a ministry, dear brother. And you ought to glow with that. You know why sometimes folks leave churches? Well, usually we leave churches because, you know, it's an opinion. I don't like that, or I didn't like that, or I don't prefer that. So we leave a church. But I'm going to tell you another reason why people sometimes leave churches. I'm going to say this gently, but it's true, church family. Oftentimes people leave churches because they have no ministry. Because if, if we're ministering in the church, it's hard to leave something you're invested in. And I'm serious about that. There, there'd be things my church does that I, I, I would do differently if I were the pastor, and I'm not the pastor. I wouldn't do it that way. There'd be church, things my church would do that I'd, I, I wouldn't prefer at all. But I can't leave my church. You know why I can't leave my church? Well, because my neighbor just got saved, and he's being discipled in my church. I want him to Jesus, and now he's going to my church. We just can't walk away from that. What would that do to him? See, our soul winning ministry in our home church, by our helping get people saved in the church and people we're investing in and people we care about and people we're praying with and people we're discipling, there's a men's group that I meet with periodically and one of those is a new convert. He has a lot more money than I do, but I know a lot more than he does when it comes to the Bible. He said, he said to me in one of our discipleship meetings, he said, now, Dave, I need some advice about this. He said, because, you know, as I'm growing in the Lord, I realize I'm too busy he said, I got three jobs, and in one job, he, he instructs on the Navy base. He's a pilot, and, and he, flies, he flies for Delta. He's a Delta pilot on top of that, and then he runs an investment firm on top of that. And, 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 and he said, I got to give up one of these because my wife, and I got four kids now, and, and, and I'm, you know, as I'm growing, I know I'm too busy. I don't have time to love on my wife and pray with my kids, and I'm too busy. And then he said this to me, and he called me off guard. He said, I'm thinking about giving up my investment firm. He said, you know, I'm only making about 20 grand a month from it. And in and, and my heart, I was like, bless your heart. I don't know how in the world you're surviving. You know what I mean? I don't know how in the world. I don't know how in the world he's making it. God love him. How in the world is he living on that? I don't know. I just barely surviving, I'm thinking. And I, I just, my heart would just kind of chuckled about that. Here's this new convert. And he hadn't been saved very long, but I got a part in his life. I'm ministering to him. We got a neighbor we ministered to, and now they're saved, and we're still working on them to try to get them faithful to church and to grow in the Lord and serve the Lord and honor God and grow in the Lord. When you got a ministry, brothers and sisters, it changes your relationship to the church. You're all in. That's my church. That's my ministry. That's my people. That's my place. That's my pastor. It all starts with ministry. You got to glow with that. Am I making sense tonight or not? Do y'all see this? you got to glow with ministry, my dear friend. And, and think about all, all the things we can do in ministry. Some of you could teach, and you're gifted to teach, but you're not teaching, and it's time to pick it up and get to teaching. Some of you are good at it. That's your spiritual gift. There's all kinds of us kids need somebody to teach them. Pick it up. Use your spiritual gift. Some of you can teach. Uh, you ladies, you older ladies, did you know God commands you to teach? Older ladies, did you know God commands you to teach? you got to have a ministry to younger ladies. The Bible says that older ladies ought to teach younger ladies to love their husbands and love their children and how they ought to live the Christian life. Do you know that almost nobody does that anymore? Because they're too busy to minister. But we got to glow with that. we gotta, we got to invest in each other. Some of you older ladies, you know how to raise kids. You know how to put up with a cantankerous husband. I'm glad I didn't get an amen. I was waiting for it. You, you, know how to, you know how to 
how to do it. You've done it. It's not that you're perfect. You say, well, I, 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 I don't have all the... Well, no, you don't have all the answers. But the Bible says, oh, ladies, you're to be invested in ministry. There's teaching. Think about that. There's encouragement. Do you encourage others? Do you bear each other's burdens? Are you a help? When there's a need, do you try to meet it? All of us can give. That's ministry, isn't it? When we support the church and we support missions, what are we doing? We're serving the Lord. All of us can minister. It's just, well, I don't have much. But you know, God doesn't, God doesn't balance our, our giving based on how much we have. He, he balances our giving based on our percentage. Why, if you're a widow lady in this church and, and, and all you can do is give a tithe of $90 or $40, or 30, because you don't have much, and that's all you got, just that little bit. Why, my friend, who sometimes apparently makes $20,000 a month, if he tithed on that and put $2,000 in the offering plate, did you know if you're a widow lady and you're serving the Lord and you're giving and your tithe is $45 and his is $2,000, did you know in the sight of God, number one, both of you are serving the Lord, that's equal percentage-wise, but in the sight of Almighty God, you gave more than he did. In the sight of God, you gave more than he did. He gave 2,000, but bless his heart, he's got 18,000 more to live on. And if you make $1,000 a month and tithe 100, oh, you got $900. How many of y'all agree? It'd be a whole lot harder to live on $900 a month than it is to live on 18,000 a month. Am I making sense or not? So see, we just serve. Let's all serve. Encourage. Teenagers, I learned a lesson when I was about your age. Um, uh, guys, I learned a lesson because I was in, in church one Sunday night, a new convert, and there was a widow lady across the aisle, and I went over there and introduced myself to her. She is an older lady. I was a teenage boy in public high school. And I went over and met Mrs. Sands, and she and I became friends. I never went to her house one time in my life. We just sat in church and talked. I, I, I went over and introduced her. It was just I wasn't trying to be spiritual. I just was bored and went over to meet this lady. And in the process, discovered something very spiritual, boys, what I discovered was that encouragement makes a difference. I encouraged her. She encouraged me. Well, the next thing you know, I had a friend who was probably 70 years older than me. And we became friends. She's a widow lady. I found out about her husband, when he passed away, and how long she had been saved, and all kinds of things about her. And she found out all kinds of things about me. She was the first person that ever called me Brother Dave. She was a teenager. She always called me Brother Dave. I went off to Pensacola Christian College to prepare for evangelism. And every week, as a student at Pensacola Christian College, that sweet little old lady wrote me a letter. Wrote me a letter. Got a letter from her every week. And it was short. She had real bad arthritis, but she had write in cursive. And you could tell her hands were, you know, were, were, were weak in the way she'd write. But she'd write, Dear Brother Dave, I'm praying for you. And then she would say this. It was a short letter. She'd always say, this week, all I had left over was, and she'd give an amount. It was usually $3, $4, or $5. This week, all I had left over was $3. And then she'd say, and I want you to have it. Have $3 in there. Sometimes it was four, occasionally five. You know what I discovered, guys? I discovered that a public school kid can minister to others. And in the process of ministering to that widow lady, praise God, I did my laundry in college with what she sent me. Isn't that shouting around? My laundry's important, isn't it? Getting your laundry done. 
Thank God for that lady. It's ministry. All of us ought to be soul winners. I'm about done tonight. That's ministry, serving the Lord by winning souls. Don't give up on soul winning. Use tracks. Who gives away tracks? Do you know? Those who have them. So get you some, take them with you, put them in your car. You can use meals. That's hospitality. Go back to that. Bethley's sister is Tori, and she and her husband are missionaries in India. And uh, her husband's name's James, Jamie Overton. And uh, James Overton, missionary to India, was a bus kid. Got saved in a church in Virginia, bus kid. His dad didn't know the Lord, didn't care to know the Lord. Jamie married Bethley's sister, and they were in the ministry together. And one day, James's daddy came up to visit him down here in Newark, Ohio, came to visit him to see the grandkids. And after the service on a Sunday night, Bethley's daddy, who was the pastor of our church, said to Mr. Overton, hey, we're having pizza at my house, and our grandkids are coming over, and I want you to come over too. And, and, and you got to understand, God bless him, Mr. Overton said, uh, oh, no, 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 I, I can't do that. And I understood it because, number one, dad's a preacher, and I was home, and I'm a preacher, and Bethley's brother was there, and he's a preacher. And, and, and of course, Tori's husband's there, Mr. Overton's son. He's a preacher. I, I don't know about you, but I don't know if I want to be with that many preachers either. Are you all with me on that? And uh, my goodness gracious. And uh, he, I'm not coming, not coming, not coming. Bethley's dad wouldn't take no for an answer. Sure enough, Mr. Overton showed up at the house, all us preachers there, you know, and here he is, doesn't know the Lord. And, you know, dad just talked with him. He talked about trucking and fishing and all kinds of hunting and well, a few moments later, we're sitting around the table, and, you know, everybody's talking. There's a lot of noise, grandkids everywhere. And all of a sudden, I realized we're on holy ground because Bethley's daddy was giving Mr. Overton the gospel. Right there around pizza. We're having pizza. This pizza, and they're eating pizza. Next thing you know, the Spirit of God has fallen on that table, and Mr. Overton's under conviction. And the next thing you know, Mr. Overton's getting saved at the table on a Sunday night after a service. See, you don't have to be a preacher to eat a meal with somebody and tell them about Jesus. Be soul winners. Glow with ministry. Are you all with me tonight or not? Is this making sense? And I'll close it. Glow with joy. Glow with joy. Hard times are coming, church. There's a lot of problems out there, a lot of tragedies, a lot of trials, a lot of struggles, a lot of challenges. But the Bible says right here, don't think it's strange when you face fiery trials. Instead, rejoice. Don't let the devil steal your joy. Don't let the devil steal your joy. No matter what's going on in your life, there ought to be a joy down in your heart because you know the end of the story. You know the God of heaven who can do anything. Y'all with me on this or not? So y'all have joy in your life. It's not something you work up. It's like, okay, today I'm going to get out of bed and think positive and make myself smile. No, I get out of bed and say, now, Lord, you know I live in this messed up world and I'm going to be angry today and somebody's going to pull out in front of me and make me mad. And if you don't help me, I'm going to be miserable all stinking day long. Come on, y'all live in Cleveland. Talk, talk to me. Am I right or wrong? Somebody's going to pull out in front of you. Somebody's going to pull you over. Something's going to happen and... and, and well, listen, you've got to get out of bed and say, now, Lord, you've got to fill me with your spirit so that I can glow with your joy today, so that I can serve you happily. Church family, is revival this simple? 
Is it really as simple? Lord, I want revival in our generation, and i got to get growing. I'm going to get to your word, and I'm going to be faithful to church, and I'm going to get all in and grow. Is it really that simple? I'm going to sow spiritually. I, I, I'm going to try to be as right with you as I know how to be, Lord, and I'm going to pray up a storm, and, and I'm just going to keep planting those spiritual seeds, believing that if I sow, a great harvest is coming. I'm going to sow spiritually so I can have revival. Is it really that simple? And is it really this simple? If I'll glow with love and glow with hospitality and glow with ministry and serve the Lord with all my heart and, and, and just have the joy of the Lord in my life, is it that simple? I can thrive and be revived and, and just serve the Lord in a great way in my generation. Brothers and sisters, it absolutely is that simple. But you got to grow and you got to sow and you got to glow. And there's one final thing. One final thing. The truth you find all over the book of 1 Peter is that there's a Savior named Jesus who suffered for our sins, who took our place. What you find in the Bible is that all of us are sinners and nobody, nobody, nobody goes to heaven on their own. You can't do it. Nobody ever has. But Peter was written to tell us about a Savior named Jesus who did something for me and you that there's no way in the world we can do for ourselves. And Peter writes to say to us over and over again, there's a Savior named Jesus who suffered for your sins. There's a Savior named Jesus who came into this sin-cursed world and, and went to a cross and in his own body bore your sins and died because of them. You'll find that all through this book. Why does Peter keep hammering that? Because, dear friend, there's no other way to be saved except through Jesus. There's no other way to have your sins forgiven until you're born again through Jesus. It's not catechism. It's not confirmation. It's not a communion service. It's not the Virgin Mary. It's not an evangelist or a pastor or a priest or a pope or a preacher. It's only Jesus. He's the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to God the Father except through him. He's the door. By him, if you'll enter in, you can be saved. He's the savior of the whole world. He's able to save anybody. But he only saves those who believe in him in repentance and faith. In other words, repentance, you've got to come to God and admit you're a sinner. God, you're right, I'm a sinner. Don't let that word scare you. Don't split hairs over that word. you just got to come to God in humility and say, God, I'm a sinner and... I admit it, Lord, I'm not good enough to go to heaven. Don't even know where it is. I'm a sinner and I know it. But Jesus, I also know that you died for my sins and you were buried and you were raised from the dead. If there's any chance at all that you're in this Cleveland Baptist Church auditorium or you're listening online or watching online, if there's any chance at all there's anybody like that and you've never been saved through Jesus Christ, this is the final night of the fall revival 2023. What a night for you to meet Jesus, for you to be born again. I know you don't want to go to hell. Nobody does. But you can't go to heaven until you've been saved through Jesus. We're going to have an invitation tonight. My wife's going to play a hymn on our piano tonight, and we're going to have an invitation. Friend, an invitation just a time for prayer? Don't we really want revival? Let's get on our knees again tonight and pray, Lord, help me to glow with love, with hospitality, with ministry. God, help me to glow, to thrive. Get on your knees and pray about it. Maybe you're a long ways from God. Well, come on back to him.
Come on back to him. Maybe you're just so far from God. You're just, you're just, come on, come on back. Get on your knees tonight at, at these steps and make an altar and say, Lord, I'm coming home. I want to come back to you and be right with you again. This is a time for prayer. You'll find counselors who will come and line up here at the front while we're all praying. And you in this building that aren't saved, this is your night. Don't put it off another night. Don't wrestle with it another night. As soon as the note hits on the, the, the first note on the piano tonight, step out of your seat, come down the aisle, meet any one of the counselors here at the front, and they'll probably ask you what your name is and just tell them, I want to get saved. And I'll tell you what they'll do. They'll pray with you. They'll love you. They'll answer any questions you have. They'll help you. And you can walk out of this building tonight on your way to heaven, a child of God, and you can know it.